Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Krim podcast. I'm Balt. And I'm Lou. And this is your reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will talk about anything that's happened on Ted Lasso so far and even things that might still happen in the future. And yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. I know we usually tackle these chronologically, but I cannot do that today. I have to talk <laughs> about the thing I have to talk about. I have to talk yeah. about Robert Redford right now for a couple of minutes and then I'm going to be okay again. Yeah, we, we just have priorities. You guys understand, right? This is the <laughs> only note I took for this episode. And this is going to be the thing I'm going to talk about. This ex- I have, listen, I expect so much from the show, but never the things they actually throw at me. Like <laughs> when I talked about how the soundtrack has a Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid song on it, and that feels like there's a big reference coming. Then they talk about Paul Newman being universally attractive. And now mm-hmm. Robert Redford gets mentioned as well. This is, <laughs> I'm telling you, they are building up to a huge reference. I'm completely right about this. This is not a coincidence. This has been like every episode at this point. And the thing is, it's not just that they mentioned Robert Redford. Like Paul Newman was mentioned by Sam, but they mentioned Robert Redford in connection to Trent, who doesn't know how to ride a bike. Which is so wonderful because I get to talk about Robert Redford now because it's in connection with Trent, which is relevant to the podcast. (laughs) So I could just do this. and It's a wonderful excuse. Uh, So for anyone who missed it, because or maybe who just didn't understand the reference um, after Trent did his little investigative journalism thing and like found the security footage and of, of Nate ripping apart the sign. Uh, Ted says to him, may a young Robert Redford portray you in a film someday, which is a reference to the one of the greatest movies. I think we can agree. Um, mm-hmm. All the President's Men, where Robert Redford plays real life journalist uh, Bob Woodward, who was involved in you know the uncovering the Watergate thing mm-hmm. wonderful movie everyone should watch it and then Trent mm-hmm. responds probably Dustin Hoffman who plays the other journalist Carl Bernstein in the same movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I think <laughs> both of these journalists have been referenced as like a yeah. source like uh, as a source of um like inspiration source yeah. of inspiration for Trent um, I mean so they are is... the sort of the journalists I mean mm-hmm. if, if you know anything about journalism especially investigative journalism they, they are the names like they are the people mm-hmm. Woodward and Bernstein Woodstein they are the guys <laughs> so the, this is like obviously uh you know just a nice seems like a nice reference a nice compliment like hey you did such a good job at being an investigative journalist uh you deserve a movie about your life like that movie like that guy got a movie you deserve that too mm-hmm. except except <laughs> so if you if you're not familiar with this movie at all if you're not familiar with robert redford uh do yourself the favor right now look it up look up the movie look up robert redford and um look at it for a moment and think to yourself <laughs> hey Dustin Hoffman does look a lot like Trent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Why does Ted bring up Robert Redford in this context then? If this is such <laughs> a obvious connection there visually between Dustin Hoffman in the movie and Trent Grimm. I think, I think we both know why. Mm-hmm. I think the key here is that Ted chose to say young Robert Redford, which is a string of words nobody has ever said if they didn't mean specifically Robert Redford at his peak attractiveness. I mean, he's still (laughs) an attractive man and he has always been, but like 70s young Robert Redford Mm -hmm. was like the epitome of an attractive man. 
And nobody says young Robert Redford without wanting you to think about that specifically. Yeah. So our our main theory with that is just that Ted, like, his gay brain took over. <laughs> that's yeah. Because, like, we watched this movie. Like, we watched All the President's Men. And every single thing leads to Trent being represented by Dustin Hoffman's character. It just makes so much more sense. There is literally no reason for Ted to say Robert Redford. Young instead. Robert Redford. Young Robert Specifically. Redford. Because it would yeah. have been, if you say, oh, this is just a reference that, you know, he should be played in a movie like this, then he could have said Dustin Hoffman, who is also an incredibly famous and accomplished actor that people love. If he had said, mm -hmm. oh, you should be played by Dustin Hoffman in a movie, that is the same compliment. But he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He says a young Robert Redford. He wanted to specific in my world, in my world. Mm -hmm. This is a pickup line. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you don't say, hey, I think you deserve to be played by the most attractive man to ever walk the earth and not mean it in a gay way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I know last week I kind of went into the direction of, you know, Ted and Trent, that's probably something that's not going to happen and I'm okay with that. Right now, right now I do not know what to think because this is so, <laughs> this is so nuts. I mean, so many things they could have said. I mean, he could have just called him like, oh, you're a real Woodward or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. that would have also worked, you know, reference to the actual journalists, not the movie. But we know mm -hmm. that Ted and Trent sort of their language is movie references. And I mean, I understand that having Ted say something requires Trent to re respond with something that shows, oh, he got the reference. Like they understand mm -hmm. each other that way. But still, he didn't have to say young Robert Redford so that Trent has a reason mm -hmm. to say, ah, no, probably Dustin Hoffman, the other guy in the movie that I understood you just referenced. Like, mm -hmm. that could have been a different conversation. Let's and be real. once again, once again, it is so immediately obvious that the direct line would be Dustin Hoffman's character to Trent Krim because yeah. not only do they look the same, they also yeah. have the same yeah. vibes. Totally, and... he's way more like him. And both Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford are known to be the leads in that movie. It's yeah. not like you only know that that movie as a Robert Redford movie. It's like they are both the leads in that movie. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, like you can't excuse it like, oh, uh, Ted probably forgot who the other guy. He would not have forgotten who the other guy. Because, I mean, he immediately goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Dustin Hoffman would be more like, it's almost like he's yeah. like, I, I should have probably said Dustin Hoffman, shouldn't <laughs> I? Like, like he went, ah, mm, that was maybe a little too obvious. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look up, look up Robert Redford if you haven't already. Do yourself a favor right now. Just, Google, just Google Robert Redford. And, like, take a minute, pause, take mm -hmm. a minute for yourself. Do some self care. Look at pictures of Robert. Redford. <laughs> yeah, I also highly recommend that. I yeah. mean, seriously, yeah. I think that they're building up to a, to the big Butch Cassidy and the Sun and Skate reference. Mm -hmm. I think they want to name drop these actors so people look them up who don't know them yet. And so that when the Butch Cassidy and the Sun and Skate reference comes, they're like, ah, oh, just look mm -hmm. that up. I get it. <laughs> It's either that or it's just that both Robert Redford and Paul Newman have been yes. on their minds. I do um, like that theory too. Yes, that it's not like an obvious choice to prepare us. It's just, um, yeah, we're going to throw a Butch, Cass Butch Cassidy reference in there. And then while they're already on it, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, just, I love let's talk. <laughs> I love imagining that all the writers obviously watched that movie because they're preparing for a reference and they all were so immediately extremely captivated by these actors as anyone would be that they just proceeded to watch so much of their stuff that they were like, we can't avoid the references. I'm so sorry. We just keep making them. <laughs> They're all we can think about. 
I understand that. Get it, get it. Like I, I watched one one <laughs> of the Redford New Band movies uh, many years ago, and it immediately pulled me in, and now I cannot stop. So it's absolutely relatable. <laughs> no, you can't stop thinking about them once you see them. It's very understandable that this is mm. sort of the direction that they've taken now. <laughs> this is just maybe this is going to be my life for this entire rest of the show. That this is a reference each episode. Yeah. All right. Now we are. Now we can go back to chronological okay. order. Yes. <laughs> that, the first thing that again, completely correct. Um, last episode, the way that this Colin Trent thing gets referenced is Trent's knowing look after mm-hmm. Colin says something suspicious, mm-hmm. and Trent it stays in the background, stays an observer, but just looks absolutely in James Nance, absolutely yeah best best reactor on the planet <laughs> once again yeah showing that uh, he is great at reacting um <laughs> and just, just like I- dustin hoffman and all the presidents <laughs> oh yes just like him you know the way that um the camera cuts over to trent and just so him funny. sitting there like so legs funny. crossed his notebook <laughs> in his lap his glasses on Ah, that was a good cut. His face was Uh incredible. He deserves so many Emmys. I love him so much. Also, the amount of times I have seen uh, the I know what you are meme. That image. These people are right because that image exactly captures the I know what you are. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, that's perfect. Like it's what what we said before. He wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't bring it up. He is mm-hmm. an observer. We have established as established that that in this season he observes, um, and so he just sits there and watches it unfold and doesn't say anything. And he will give it uh, time. Yeah, um, and and then it goes immediately into him, you know, noticing the the belief sign thing, mm-hmm. and we can already tell. Ooh. This is the old Trent Krim that we know and love, the the, yep. the bloodhound Trent Krim. Uh-huh. And we're going we go straight into the reveal that he found the security footage and mm. someone pointed out, which I love, that he had to edit it together. <laughs> yeah, because of the different camera angles, and then we see the office and we see the locker room. Um <laughs> so he probably had to sit there and edit it. I love that thought so of just cute. him sitting at his desk, uh, <laughs> t- trying to get the good, uh, yeah, <laughs> the good footage all together. Uh, but no, what I wanted to say about him, like getting into when the sign comes down, and um, mm. he's he stops being like in his little corner. He gets up mm. and steps closer. So that's what uh, what you said about him, like his bloodhound journalist uh, part of him comes out um, he immediately gets closer gets into the drama <laughs> of it mm. all and like stops being an observer for yeah. a little while which is an interesting moment to choose that um, exactly be- because there's also this weird sort of um, tension there because this is something that the other people find interesting in sort of this um, strong negative way like this mm. reinforces their negative feelings for Nate this makes them laugh at Nate's like you know him falling down and all these things like mm. it's very negative um, how they react to it and Ted doesn't like that Ted doesn't like this kind of mm. uh, sort of toxic masculinity this sort of yeah this bullying again mm-hmm. and it is very interesting that this is something that Trent very clearly Get, like gets himself involved in like stepping mm-hmm. out of his observer role to do this and it's like he's he's 
clearly thinking of it as some sort of act of service like he's mm. helping he's doing what he's good at to help the club somehow in some way like mm -hmm. oh i found this thing that you've been wondering what happened and i mean we know that ted knew like he mm -hmm. he knew who did this so this wasn't a surprise for ted but it's very very interesting how this is the thing that trent chose to do mm -hmm. to do not just to look at but to actually yeah. do also because like we are very sure that he's not there to write a book about the club but to write a book specifically mm -hmm. about the lasso way mm -hmm. and this locker room scene begins with friend observing these uh, like this team coaching itself like the Sava with this bullshit you know <laughs> talking about <laughs> how you can be whatever uh... you want to be but also then Isaac step stepping in and you know um, repeating the famous uh Tedism of you gotta believe mm -hmm. in belief and then tapping the sign so he watches the lasso way unfold and then the moment it crumbles because like this sign this belief sign is a like a direct um stand-in for ted and his whole you know system of belief it's like representative for ted in a way and when that comes down and the team starts to go like go into chaos over that that's when trent steps in and that's interesting because that's not something an observer like a neutral kind of observer maybe should do in yep. a setting like that like if he wants to actually see and witness um ted's work in this club he shouldn't interfere in that moment and yet he does it so that's very interesting to me that he chose this in. that this is mm -hmm. the thing he chose to get involved in that's so fascinating yeah. Mm -hmm. because this is what he's you know he thinks oh this is what i'm good at i'm good at researching again might be a reference to him knowing more than he lets on about ted mm -hmm. for example like we talked about that we think he knows more about ted than we know he knows mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's uh, i don't even know how to say it. it it feels like a sort of almost a regression like basically he's doing the same thing again that he did back in season two where he threw Nate under the bus so to speak by revealing him as a source and that like got him closer to this life that he could enjoy it got him closer to Ted it brought him into this position of being happier and uh, being friends with Ted and now he's doing the same thing again like he's revealing Nate did something bad and it's his you know act of service he's helping again by doing the same thing again because he hopes that it might have the same effect again Mm -hmm. He thinks this is the only way he can, like, that he serves a purpose, like, because mm -hmm. everyone sort of regresses in a way, right? Because they forget what the lesser way is about. It's sort of just the stand in for something to care about. Like before it was just football. Now it's football and their coach Ted, whom they love. It's not mm. that they actually internalized what it means to, you know, follow the Ted Lasso way. They just sort of use it as this thing to protect in the old ways that they would have in the past, this toxic masculinity. And the same way Trent sort of goes back. But also it's like, what kind of story is he uncovering and for what reason he yeah. actually genuinely wants to help out in that moment. And um, <sighs> it's very interesting that he gives them that information, but it's Beard and Roy who decide to show it to the team. It's not that Trent tells anybody except for the coaching staff. It's yeah. uh, the others who do with that information um, what Ted specifically in, doesn't want them to in, do. In that way, I found it very fascinating that Trent wasn't in the locker room when they showed mm -hmm. it to the team because he was in the locker room before during the away game. Mm -hmm. So it's not like too far-fetched that he would be there 
for this, mm -hmm. especially since he was the one who found it and edited it and put yeah. it on a little USB drive. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I wonder what that's what I, I wonder what this is leading to because this episode has all of these themes of Ted uh, and you know suppressing his negative feelings and learning to be honest about how if someone hurt him and all of mm -hmm. these things like that is the one thing that this episode is about Ted addressing his feelings mm -hmm. of being hurt and we've said that we kind of want to see ted actually do this mm -hmm. with trent and the way trent has hurt him and yeah. yet repeatedly he treats trent very special in this way that he's always very nice to him mm -hmm. always you know having a little back and forth and then we see them at the end of the uh, game just standing there and having a chat where we don't hear what they're mm -hmm. talking about but it seems very pleasant very casual mm -hmm. this is clearly almost yeah. artificial how well they get along it can't mm -hmm. just be that ted is super happy with everything that's happening and everything mm -hmm. that has happened and has forgiven trend everything and doesn't mind what mm -hmm. what anyone is doing with anything like clearly yeah there is suppression there mm -hmm. also with the interactions with nate that we saw in that yeah. episode oh and nate is truly brilliant and i know that's not our topic hey, but, no. <laughs> but, uh... but especially because you've talked about how Trent replaces Nate in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and I mean that was very on the nose in that shot where they're standing mm -hmm. there talking that Nate comes in and sees Ted talk to Trent the way he used to talk to Nate mm -hmm. in this very almost superficially friendly and encouraging way mm -hmm. without you know addressing any sort of potential deeper issues yeah. and it's it was so good and like with this, the way it was framed with this lighting from the setting sun, it was mm -hmm. like this, this it tricked you to think like, oh, this is such a cute and romantic interaction they're having mm -hmm. right there in the background. But with Nate being the one to watch it, it's so fascinating. I think this whole episode, not only with uh, with the Nate plot and um, and all of that, but with so many things is a real like kick off to that season like it's setting up so many different things we mm -hmm. we meet jack um we um have this first interaction between nate and ted we see the team finding out about what happened there um i think a lot of things are being set up in this episode um mm -hmm. also that you know keely is talking about jamie again um that's very interesting like there's a lot of things that are being set up that we will see unfold in the rest of the season and uh you know trent isn't exactly at the center of it but he's around for all of it so that's um yeah he's starting yeah. to get involved that is mm -hmm. a big hint like oh he's starting to step out of his observer role what i also thought was interesting i think you pointed that out when we like immediately after the episode when we first talked that it doesn't make that much sense that only trent yeah. I mean, I know, I know they're all kind of himbos, but the fact that they praise Trent for thinking of looking uh -huh. at the security camera installed in the office, yeah, is it requires a lot of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but but then again, also, um, I realized that Trent might be the only one uh, to know when to look like what kind oh that's of date. A, that's a good point uh-huh because um this could have happened at any point and a trend probably like he deserves the credit for mm. connecting the dots and for realizing oh i know someone who has um reason to also, have done that and he knows when that happened so yeah yeah that's a good point like that is the investigative journalist part of him mm -hmm. jumping out for sure 
And I just realized how troubling it is that they have a security camera in the locker room. Yeah, I thought about that. Not before. just the office, in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, the office, be, fine, okay, because mm-hmm. there's maybe sensitive information that they mm-hmm. want to make sure is, you know, protected, but the locker room, really? Yeah, that, We're putting a is... camera there now. What the to fuck? Me, to me, that's the biggest suspension of disbelief <laughs> that they have just a security camera in the locker room and uh, the office. But, I mean, in general, um, you know, them having security cameras there at all is kind of insane, but I don't know. Maybe that's normal. I, I don't know. Maybe it feels... people have that, but it feels in the office. Weird. It feels weird. Like I don't know. I mean, I know it's just had to, it had to do, they had to do something, but it they really. Mm-hmm. They really hope that we don't think about that part hard enough. <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the credit that goes to Trent is not only for thinking about looking at the footage, it's <laughs> for knowing when to yeah. look. Um, and also, also I, yeah, I love the little, I love that Roy and Trent have just fun, fun connection now, where Roy like complimented him like, hey, this guy thought of doing this. What a good mm-hmm. guy. And Trent just knows the stupid little phrase like he has a tendency <laughs> to do. You can take the boy out of the journalism, but you can't take the journalism out of the boy. And Roy, I mean, he goes, well, you uh, ruined it again. No, <laughs> I, I, love I, I love that line. That, that was so beautiful because I, I know for a fact that Roy hated that, but Ted loved it. Yeah. And, I think uh, that's a good <laughs> dynamic that um, even the three of them have. It is um, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. Ted immediately had us back with that Robert Redford comment. Yeah. To circle back to that, but yeah, I have one more thing to say, say about that too because, yes. uh, <laughs> like, not only um, is that something absolutely insane that Ted says to Trent, it's also very interesting that he says it even though Trent pointed something out that Ted didn't want it to be like didn't want to be acknowledged exactly. Like, he says it even though exactly. Trent did something that's against what Ted wants. Exactly. That's what I was also thinking. When I said earlier that Ted like absolutely refuses to address any negative thing that Trent might have mm-hmm. done. Like he does not want Trent to know anyone to know that he has any negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know this, like they say it very explicitly with Nate, he pretends that everything is okay, but he does the same mm-hmm. with Trent. He pretends that it's all fine. Yeah. Trent is a great guy and he loves everything he does and has ever done. It's mm-hmm. not true. We know that can't be true. But also, I said before that um, that Beard and Roy show this to the players explicitly against Ted's will, and that's not exactly true because I think Ted never tells them that he doesn't want to show that to them. He just goes like, hmm, and then like doesn't show yeah. it to them. I think, but I think it's very clear that Beard and Roy know that he doesn't want them to see it, at least not mm-hmm. in the sort of get them motivated context because yeah. that is not the kind of motivation Ted mm-hmm. supports that it's it's just that Ted doesn't say specifically guys we should do that or um this is the reason why I think that's a bad idea he just acknowledges it and moves on and he is becoming more and more quiet about his oh, yeah. thoughts and just letting others yeah. uh, talk more so I thought that was very interesting in that context as well that he not only um, decided to like, not share his negative thoughts on that, um, he also still decided to compliment Trent for doing a good exactly, job yeah. finding that out. Because that also means that even like Trent probably knew before that um, Ted was the one who fixed the sign. Like it's just a Ted thing to do and Trent has a brain, you know? <laughs> um, but also if he saw the footage, he no- he probably saw Ted taping up the sign again and um, has a direct confirmation (laughs) that Ted was the one who covered it up. 
So, yeah, again, Trent yeah. knows more than he lets on. Ted mm-hmm. has feelings that he doesn't want anyone to know about. There's it is a mess that's waiting to mm-hmm. explode, especially with Colin thrown in there too. Like, yeah. holy shit, this is going to explode eventually. Uh, and probably beautiful ways that are gonna hurt us and break oh, yeah. our hearts. But we're but gonna love raise. it. Oh yes, I will love it so much. I, I'm so excited for it. There's wonderful fashion moments for Trent in this episode. Like, first of all, his first look, the buttoned up without a tie. That was mm-hmm. gorgeous. Love that. Perfect look for him. 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. Yeah, I, I saw someone um, on Tumblr, cannot remember who it was, um, say that is, um, it's funny that now we get to see the passage of time in the locker room <laughs> by the outfits that Trent wears and how ironic that is. Because he used to be the guy who never changed That's his so costume. True. That's and so now, true. Now he's the you know, only one. All, all the locker like all the locker room scenes all the like the whole team is just in their kits and uh the coaching staff is usually wearing more or less the same thing but Trent that, is the only one that <laughs> means that Trent found the security footage and edited it and everything in the same day because that's the same outfit he wears all right that happened in one day that man hyper fixated on this task so uh-huh. hard that's amazing that's, that's i love him what a mess i love him oh beautiful <laughs> does he he doesn't does he have a computer at his office like at his desk i don't remember i don't know if i mean maybe but we haven't seen it yet ah mm-hmm. uh, yeah amazing <laughs> and the, he, he in uh, during the other shot that we see him in at the West Ham Stadium talking to mm-hmm. Ted, he wears this powder pink jacket yeah. that we've seen in behind the scenes pictures before during the Amsterdam shoot, not oh, in Amsterdam but uh-huh. during the everyone gathering around the um, team bus shots. Like there were some p- people who mm-hmm. took photos of that, and he was wearing a pink jacket and everyone's like "Ooh, uh-huh. new jacket Trent has a new jacket and it's pink and that is I think the same jacket oh that is a good catch I didn't uh, remember those pictures I have to look at them again because yeah that was a beautiful jacket and I want it <laughs> yeah so he is expanding and, his wardrobe but again yeah he still doesn't like he still wears the same things all the time somehow yes. I don't know how, he, how they how they keep finding this balance but I love it it's it's amazing it's um and also like this pastel pink uh jacket um like you said this moment that that shot that Nate watches um between Ted and Trent it seems very soft and that like soft pink jacket uh reaffirms that even more like it's too soft like it glitters and it glows and Mm -hmm. it's very much like it's it tells you so much that Nate sees this very romanticized Mm-hmm. shot right now like he doesn't know what they're talking about mm-hmm. he just sees these two men having a very wonderful casual polite mm-hmm. nice romantic coded conversation mm-hmm. and nate doesn't know how much there is beneath that like how much mm-hmm. negative feelings are probably boiling down like beneath that yeah. he just sees this idealized shot of ted having seemingly picked a new guy mm-hmm. to you know shower with yeah. love and it's so fascinating because Nate obviously thinks of himself as like the only failure sort of mm-hmm. in this context, like the only one who Ted like didn't care about it and all of these things, like the only one who hurt Ted. Like that is how Nate sees mm-hmm. himself when that is very clearly not true. That is yeah. that shot is so much just straight out of Nate's brain mm-hmm. when we know, oh, there's there's some shit mm-hmm. happening soon between them. 
but also I think like once again Nick Muhammad is such a yeah. great actor and that's yeah. like the the journey his facial expressions go through I think what I see there is mostly regret because like Nate knows that oh, yeah, Trent 100%. has also fucked up in in regards to, to Ted, and he sees them getting along, and um, yeah, I exactly. Think, I think um, he like he has this moment of realization. So if I had managed to like ask Ted for forgiveness, maybe we like this could be us. Yeah, and I'm usually not a Ted and Nate shipper. Like I get the appeal, but I have like it's not my thing. But right now, like oh, yeah. even the way you described it as as Nate seeing the scene as something kind of romantic and like Trent uh, taking his place in that regard, that it would be very interesting to watch that and uh, watch it with the thought of what if Nate has romantic feelings for Ted in mind. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. an interesting reading throughout the whole show because that would explain this sort of extreme like outburst of Nate's mm -hmm. feeling you know completely rejected but yeah especially mm -hmm. now with the way that Trent is treated like right now the wonderful reading mm -hmm. yeah I like that okay, so, I mean maybe... it is interesting because Nate and Trent clearly they have communicated in some form Nate had Trent write the article Nate was the source Trent revealed Nate as the source like there's a lot of stuff happening in this trio mm -hmm. of characters that um I think could be very interesting and I hope that they like really address head on. Yeah. Yes. This because Trent is not exactly a mirror of Nate, but there's a clear connection between mm -hmm. these two characters yeah. and they are connected by the way they relate to Ted. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we will see um, how this kind of triangle develops. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can talk about one more thing that doesn't, it, immediately have to do with trend but um just because okay. like if if i'm now wearing my tin hat of t maybe ted and trend will happen um maybe we should just talk quickly about the ted and sassy um, scene Ooh. um and my thought about that was like he he asks sassy on a date and it's the indirect relation to how he like feels about Michelle and about losing that and like that it irks him that she's now going out with her therapist um with their couple's therapist so like always he engages uh <laughs> in this whole friends with benefits thing with uh, sassy when he's at his lowest mm -hmm. especially in regards to Michelle and it's very interesting to me because um I don't think he's that much into her like not in a romantic sense and he asks her he asks her out, I think, because he misses that kind of intimacy that he had with Michelle. Yeah. And because he is a man in his like like a middle-aged man, um, and his like raising and uh, the culture he grew up in tells him that the only way he gets this emotional closeness and intimacy is through romantic relationships that's why he asks sassy on a date yeah. it's not because he's so um into her yeah, romantically no. yeah i think what he what he wants from sassy is not you know any kind of romantic engagement he just wants that kind of intimacy and closeness and emotional like availability and it would yep. be very like good for him to learn that first of all it doesn't have to come from romantic relationships like he can have emotional intimacy 
with other people he's not emo like romantically involved with but also once again i keep coming back to this it would be such a great story if ted was actually bisexual and and learned that um you know he had a good and meaningful connection with michelle but there's more that he can explore and it doesn't have to like fall into the same narrative uh over and over again like, yeah i because right now i think he's not looking at his own emotions too closely um he's only starting and, now yeah yeah he is investigating like the way he feels about michelle and the whole new relationship that she started and that's good and it's oh, i'm so proud of him for like for telling her that he's not comfortable um with her new relationship and that he knows it's not the right thing to tell that to her but he still has to say it anyway i'm so proud of him for that but i think there's like this is one part of his emotions he has to explore like the way he feels about michelle and uh, the way like this marriage and the the divorce have hurt him but there's also so much more that he has to dig into and what what if one of these things is his sexuality i would oh, yeah. i would just like that is that it that's <laughs> is it that all we can say I, I think that's all we have i mean unfortunately not a huge trend episode didn't do even much even though even though like he he did some important things yeah but we we cannot like foresee everything that yeah right now i'm lost like nothing has mm. changed much from our predictions from the last episode nothing mm. much has happened that changed any of that so we're still yeah. on that note like waiting for the colin thing to turn into something mm -hmm. yeah i think once again that's got to be an interesting episode to rewatch once we know the whole like bigger picture mm -hmm. um but right now all we can say is what we've already said and i think maybe we, we will have one more episode of something like that and then we're gonna get Amsterdam, and then we will have more things to talk about. I'm sure. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, I'm just—I just want the goddamn confirmation that this man is gay. And also, I want uh, already—I want to see this little girl already. Where is his daughter? Where's the little angel? Yeah, yeah. Somebody um, brought up that maybe they forgot. Like the writing staff forgot <laughs> that they gave him a daughter. But I don't I cannot... think they did because no. in the not this episode we're talking about i think the episode before that he wears a bracelet um mm -hmm. again like that's obviously made by a child in some capacity mm -hmm. so i don't think they forgot yeah so we'll but see. i mean I... they really they very purposefully are not going into trent's private life right now because he is the observer he mm -hmm. does not have a personality he chooses to um you know not reveal much about himself also mm -hmm. i think the princess diaries thing might have been one of the hints of, uh, <laughs> at, his, at him having a daughter yeah. but i i mean there i think this is very much on purpose i just i just hate it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> show me show me his life yes i mean we see so much of like people's private lives especially the, like their their morning routines the um, one thing i wanted was a trend morning routine and they're like you get mm -hmm. all the morning routines except the trends <laughs> well we we don't have that yet i think maybe mm. it, it might still be in our future I i'm hope hopeful so. <laughs> I, it would be fun if every character got their little morning routine at some point. Mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about like the the one ask that we got about the playlist the ask was by anonymous and it said uh what do you think it means that they removed all upcoming songs from the official playlist um mm -hmm. eyes emoji 
I mean, we like talked about it extensively. So for mm-hmm. us, it really is interesting. Mm-hmm. And the playlist is still around if you, um, yeah. like, it's, it's somebody put it on Spotify and you can still look at the upcoming titles there. Um, <laughs> I think it's very funny because I don't know what this marketing team of Apple TV Plus is doing, but something's, something's very funny I mean, there. Like, <laughs> there are multiple theories. The easiest one is that um, they are still changing things. So they changed mm-hmm. songs and now the playlist is no longer accurate and they just decided to make it that only the songs that are already in the show will be on the playlist to avoid like songs on the playlist that end up not being there or vice versa mm-hmm. songs not being on there that will be there that is the mm-hmm. easiest answer because we know that there that uh, jason sudeikis is like in a constant state of editing <laughs> the show so this makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. but that is the easy answer and i think i like to think that we were onto something with the birdcage yeah. and they realized that the viewers were onto it and they didn't mm-hmm. want the viewers to be onto it yet yeah, I think that's the the theory that I prefer, that they realize maybe this playlist is giving too much away. Yep. Maybe the fans are becoming too clever. <laughs> I mean, or, it is very on the nose. It is If you have two nose, songs yeah. from this movie on your playlist. Yeah, I think maybe that's not the only, like, maybe the Birdcage songs are not the only reason. Probably but not, no. But the playlist was giving away a lot of yep. the upcoming themes and vibes um, of and episodes references and references um so maybe they just uh wanted to like keep it a little more surprising more su- for- yeah, yeah more mysterious yeah because they mm-hmm. do like that like they do like surprising us and the playlist really gave away a lot that mm-hmm. i mean we had the the um song where we were like oh this is probably you know someone's morning routine and mm-hmm. this is probably this and it turns out those theories are usually correct and i think mm-hmm. it's fair that they don't want us to predict everything already based on songs yeah however i like putting my tin hat on and saying that the big reveals were a little too revealed in that soundtrack <laughs> yeah i think that is very likely but like i said it's whatever is going on at the marketing department um <laughs> of apple tv plus or it's this show specifically is yeah. so funny because like we had the thing with the trailers where we didn't get any for ages and then suddenly we got trailers and pictures and uh a, like a release date all at once just and like, like a trailer that was immediately taken down again and then put <laughs> up again. And I just think that maybe yeah. the communication at Apple TV Plus is not the best. Maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But maybe uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. And um, I will still like I have this little routine just before an episode comes out. I will look at the upcoming songs in the playlist and try to like piece together what um, we can expect from this episode and what kind of scenes and what characters they might focus on sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm a little off but it is like oh. if if you know the show and if you um if you know the vibes of the show a little bit you can guess a lot from it so i think uh it is a, maybe a smart choice <laughs> and like we still don't know why there's a german song on there i'm still very obsessed with that like why is peter maffei on there <laughs> why is peter maffei here maybe they're introducing a german character who knows uh yeah. or maybe there's um, just a german on the team who's like real passionate about peter Maffa, which is understandable <laughs> that is very Same. understandable yes <laughs> um i uh i would love that but yeah um 
Okay, I th- I think now, okay, now, I we, think. Can, <laughs> now yeah. we can end it. I, I think, I mean, really there isn't that much more to talk about. So this is sort of, this is one of those, almost like a filler episode. Like we're just anticipating the big mm. reveals and the big explosions that are about to happen very soon. So yeah, that's it. Uh, we want to mm. thank David Hyde for the music and Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our beautiful cover art. And also thanks everyone for listening and hanging out with us. Thank you so much. Genuinely, we still can't believe it. And if you want to talk to us, if you also want to send us a message, you can reach us on Tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com or send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Because as always, we love our chat. Love our chat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>